Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Hear these words of scripture. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we finish our worship series, Road Trippin' with Jesus. For the past few weeks, we have looked at texts from the Gospel of Luke when Jesus was journeying with his growing group of disciples towards Jerusalem. And in this series, we've paralleled discipleship with going on a road trip with Jesus, learning as we travel along the road of life with Jesus as our navigator. And just like with any road trip, with discipleship, you need to trust your navigator. You need to be ready for anything, pay attention to the road signs, and be willing to pick up a few hitchhikers. And today, know your budget. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning and challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Going on a road trip can be expensive. And when you're looking to begin the road trip, to take a trip somewhere, the last thing you want to do is to get halfway there and then run out of funds. And so it's important to know your budget, how much you are willing to spend on this trip for gas, for food, for hotel rooms, for sightseeing and souvenirs, all of it. And when you put all of that together, it helps you to know how far you can go and even in what direction you can go in. Because heading out in one direction towards the Great Plains, that is a different price than heading up the East Coast. And in today's scripture, Jesus is very clear about the cost of being one of his disciples. And I admit that this is a difficult scripture to read. And it's difficult to reconcile with the Jesus who, who we know has this overarching message of love 
and grace. And here that Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person can't be my disciple. This sounds like such an odd thing coming from someone we most often equate with that love and hope of God. But hate here isn't used the way that we normally use it in the English language. It was used like it was in Hebrew to show someone's preference or allegiance. So Jesus isn't calling for his followers to emotionally hate their families. He's calling for this undivided loyalty to him above his disciples' families and friends, or even their own lives. Jesus here is using this most extreme terms imaginable so that his listeners really understand what they're getting into. That when they wholly commit themselves to him, they're getting into a lot. And so he's doing this in order to turn away all of those half-hearted potential followers. Because here Jesus isn't talking just to his committed disciples. He's talking to crowds of people who were filled with awe at his every word and deed. Since his very first public healing, Jesus' popularity had been growing. And the crowds were growing with that. And on his journey to Jerusalem, when this scripture takes place, the crowds, they're continuing to grow. As Jesus shows his power over demons and disease and even death. But Jesus knows that he is on his way to Jerusalem to die. And he doesn't want to give any of these awe-inspired people the wrong impression. Following him is not a walk in the park. It's not all miracles and rainbows. So he uses this extreme language to try and get his point across. You need to hate your own family. Stressing the seriousness of what it means to follow him. Because at that time, really, families were divided over someone choosing to follow Jesus, this Jewish prophet from Galilee. And so he's giving him, them an out here before things get really real. Unless you're willing to hate your family and even your own self, unless you're willing to take up your cross, relinquish all of your possessions, you're not ready to follow me. Know your budget. Know what you are willing to spend. Because following Jesus, truly being a disciple, it takes everything that you have. You know, I kind of like this scripture. Not that it's necessarily easy, but because Jesus is not hiding anything. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything or pretending, saying, oh, well, if you follow me, there, yeah, there's going to be some challenges, but, but it'll be okay. It's not really that hard. Jesus is being real here. Following Jesus Truly living as a ride-or-die disciple is not for everyone. His unconditional love, that is for everyone. 
His forgiveness, his grace, those are for everyone. But Jesus knows that not everyone is willing to give up what it takes, to give up everything of this world in order to follow him all the way to the foot of the cross. Sometimes I wonder if I'm up for it, if I'm really able or willing to give what it takes to truly be a disciple of such a radically countercultural prophet. It's much easier to follow the culture in which we are surrounded, striving after success as the world defines it, making money, getting those possessions that show everyone that we're important, filling our schedules with all kinds of things so that our families and ourselves can, can achieve and achieve and achieve. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a disciple. I really, really do. But Jesus is right. It's not easy. It is completely countercultural. So I'm more like the builder in today's scripture who begins building before they know if they have enough resources. Or the ruler who goes into battle before realizing how comically outnumbered they are. Because like we were talking in staff meeting this past week, if I really knew what it would cost to be a disciple, I don't know if I would have said yes in the beginning. But like any road trip, we can't fully understand what it's going to cost before we set out. Gas prices go up. Plans change. Someone gets sick and we have to extend our stay somewhere. It costs more than we expect. Jesus said it's going to cost you everything. And we think that we have everything to give. We want to give everything. But then we get down the road and we realize, hold on, maybe not everything. So what do we do then? Those of us who are halfway into the road trip with Jesus and realize that we've run out of budget, what do we do? Is this scripture for us? Well, we give up everything we have again, and we try again. We make that daily choice to look to Jesus for the strength and the wherewithal to continue. We don't give up assuming that we have to do this counter-cultural work on our own. We recognize that with Jesus, our budget is not limited to the amount that we are capable of giving on our own. But our budget because of Jesus, is infinitely multiplied by the number of times Jesus is willing to receive us again, to receive our brokenness and make us whole, filling us up with a courage and a power that is beyond anything that we could possibly imagine so that we could go out and we can try again. We can continue and try to go just one more mile and one more mile. 
And that's why we come to this table for Holy Communion. That's why we pray the prayer of confession together. To acknowledge that we're works in progress. To acknowledge that we don't have it all figured out. That we don't know all of the steps that we're going to take and yet we're willing to come. Messy and yet beautiful and honestly come to God's table so that we can show up for God, so that God can be with us in this journey and we can receive what we need for our budget. So I invite you to pray the prayer of confession with me so that we might make space to receive the power to receive the courage of God to go and do. Let us pray this prayer that is found on the screens and in your bulletin. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread from his table, and after giving thanks to God, he broke the bread. And he said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup from his table. And again, after giving thanks to God, he told his disciples, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Most holy God, we pray that you will pour out your spirit on us gathered here. On these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
this is Christ's table. And it is an open table. It is a gluten-free table so that we all might celebrate together and know that we come together as the community, that we have the power of God in, in this bread and juice and also in one another. Isn't that a beautiful and a good and joyful thing that we might come here and come together no matter where we are and know that we come to the same table in Christ? The ushers will guide you forward here in person. And at this time online, I welcome you to receive the bread, the body broken for you, and the, the wine or juice, the blood of Christ shed for you. However we celebrate, let us celebrate together. I invite Deanne to come and to help me serve.
see there's always more. Let's pray. Eternal God, we are so very grateful, thankful for this holy, holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. And God, we pray that you might go with us into the world, that we might go in the strength of your spirit and give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. I invite you to please stand in body or in spirit as we sing our closing hymn. As we leave here, I want to give a few ways that you can continue to grow with God and with one another in the days and the weeks to come. And I have a few that include being here and growing as a community. And the first one is that next Sunday is our kickoff. September 11th is when we are going to gather back together after all of the summer fun and chaos, and we'll have one big church family reunion. And so for those who normally join us online, if you're in the area, we would love to have you join. Um, make a point to come to worship um, either at our 8.30 or our 10 o'clock service, and then stay and have a party with us. We will go head out to the square for food um, by Farmer's Feast. The Kona Ice Truck will be there. 
We'll have rides on the rocket car and an artist drawing caricatures and all kinds of fun yard games. And as I'm saying these things, my daughter is sitting in the back pew and she just started jumping up and down because I think she just remembered all of the fun that it was last year. And so I, I expect that everybody is going to want to come, but we would love for you to RSVP, let us know that yes, you are coming and you can um, help, you can give a donation when you RSVP and that will help offset all of the costs that are associated with all of the fun, right? Knowing our budget, we are <laughs> we're asking for donations for, to help offset the costs. But if you're not able to contribute, come anyway and know that everyone is welcome to join in together. Um, it's really one of the Sundays that is just filled with joy and excitement as we celebrate who we are as God's family together. And then the next Sunday following that is September 18th, and we are going to begin our new Sunday morning schedule that Sunday. So on the 18th, we will begin 8.30. We'll still have our worship, and we're planning to be outside until the beginning of October, you know, unless it rains and it gets crabby and then we come inside. But we'll have our 8.30 worship service just like this. We'll have communion weekly. And then at 9.30, that will begin our joyful gathering time, which is really just a fancy way to say we're going to get together and we're going to have some coffee or some lemonade and some treats. And we'll have some conversation um, questions to go with the coffee if you would like to have some um, easy conversation like that, or we'll also have our tr more traditional Sunday school classes, both for adults and for kids, and then those will wrap up at about nine, or about 10, I lost track of what hour I was in, about 10, 15, uh, 10, 20, and then that'll leave enough time for those who are coming to our second service at 10, 30, to come and worship, and that will be very similar to our current 10 o'clock service, but we'll have the addition of the choir in our 1030 service, so we'll have all of the voices of our, our church community singing together, and it will be a joyful noise. Um, I encourage you to check out the bulletin, check out the website, bumclinks.com, um, our newsletter that just came out for September, and that has all of the information about these things, um, the classes that we're offering. Um, we'd love some help if anybody is interested in um, leading a class, maybe around a podcast or something like that. We'd love to do that and have some different avenues of education, of, of living into our growing with God and one another um, in different ways. Jenny will be leading the spiritual gifts class. We'll have lots of opportunities. And so with all of that, I encourage you to take a look um, and see how you can get connected, how God is leading you to live into being a disciple just a little bit more in this new season. And so with that, let us receive our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.